0: Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost? I'm your host Essa Annette.
1: And I'm Stephen.
0: And today we are covering a bonus episode. So Stephen's going to read out a story for us again. What is it? It's a story. I know, but I don't know this story.
1: Yeah, well, I haven't fully read it yet. This <laughs> this is another um this is another story from the warden of Larch Hill or the former warden of Larch Hill. and he again he was gracious enough. And because we enjoyed The last story he gave us, we're going to take a recording of this and we're going to save it for a bonus episode or, you know, when we go on holidays or something. Um, When when have we ever gone on holidays? (laughs) Everywhere is too scary for us now. Okay, so I'll crack on. Okay.
0: okay.
1: The White Lady Who Haunts Large Hill. Once upon a time, in fact, it was during the Great War, 1914 to 1918. Larch Hill was commandeered by the British Army to be used as a sanitarium for soldiers who were gassed in the trenches in Europe. Now in the hospital was a very beautiful nurse who had dark hair and eyes. She was well liked by both patients and doctors alike. It wasn't an easy job as some of the soldiers were not only gassed in the trenches but also suffered from shell shock. In May of 1915 a group of casualties arrived in Larch Hill. These soldiers were in the trenches near to the front line during the Second Battle of Ypres. The battle had commenced in April, and that year was the first time the Germans had deployed a new deadly weapon, mustard gas. The nurse was assigned to take care of one poor soul who had not only survived the gassing, he had also survived the blast from an artillery shell that had landed in front of the trench position. All those close to him at the time had died in the blast, and he had lain for three days under the corpses of his friends before he was found by medics. Needless to say, as a result of his experience, he was deeply mentally disturbed. The nurse tended to her casually with due diligence and care. He, however, mistook his attention and began to believe that she was in love This mistaken belief was to have tragic consequences for the beautiful nurse in the not too distant future, when what should have been a joyous day was suddenly transformed by tragedy. And the months passed and the casualty became more and more infatuated with the beautiful nurse. Each day he would entreat her to marry him and each day she would gently rebuke and reject his entreaties. You see, the young nurse was engaged to be married to her one and true love and their wedding day was rapidly drawing closer. Finally, the wedding day arrived and there was a great excitement in Larch Hill. Everyone was talking about the event and the nurses and partners began to move all the patients towards the front of the building so they could see the nurse before she departed for the church in White Church. This is a church that can be seen from the Melvin field. Meanwhile, the nurse prepared herself to travel to the church. With the help of her bridesmaid, she got her hair and makeup ready before donning her beautiful long white dress and veil. One of the doctors agreed to load his horse so the bride could travel in style to the service. The horse was brought to the front of the house and after descending the four granite steps at the main entrance, the nurse mounted the horse sitting side saddle and set off at a gentle pace. The patients, nurses and doctors cheered and applauded as they wished the bride good luck. There was a great air of happiness in Match Hill, with one key exception the besotted casualty. In those days, the way in and out of Match Hill was different to today. When you come in the main gate, you took a sharp left up the hill, and when you reached the bow, you took a sharp right, followed across the avenue at the top where the archery range is now, and turning left into the existing road at the Mountain Bend back to the story. The casualty could hear all the commotion and when he inquired as to what was happening was shocked and dismayed to hear that the love of his life was leaving to wed another man. He resolved to stop her and sprinted out of the back door. Meanwhile the nurse moved slowly away from the house. The horse was a gentle mare but even so the nurse was unused to horse riding and was nervous. She continued anyway, with a happy heart, knowing that her one true love was waiting at the altar in the church. The future looked good, as her fiancé had just started a new employment as a teacher in a school that had been established by a man called Pierce, close to Whitechurch. Casually, moved quickly and swiftly, despite his wounds and breathing problems, as he was determined to stop the nurse from leaving their chill. He was soon beside a large beech tree, halfway between the house and gate. Here he concealed himself, waiting quietly to intercept the nurse. The nurse continued on her way, smiling at the cheers and applauses that had marked her departure. It was a beautiful day and she looked radiant in her beautiful white dress against the backdrop of the blue sky. Her thoughts turned once again to her fiancé, waiting at the church, hoping he was on time and not too nervous. She continued to be nervous herself, but took comfort in knowing that in less than an hour she would be side by side holding the hand of her one and only true love. Her heart fluttered at the thought, and she smiled. The horse rounded the van, turning right, moving slowly along the avenue, heading to the main gate. Suddenly the horse halted as a head of him stood the casualty, blocking the path, waving and shouting. The horse shuffled back, her nostrils flaring with fright and eyes wide open as she tossed her head in the air. The nurse struggled to control the mare, but alas she was not strong enough and the horse bolted to the left. In a split second the boat were tumbling down the slope towards the river. The nurse tried to hold on but she was smashed into a tree with great force and she could feel her bones break as she fell to the ground. The mare tumbled on top of the nurse and crushed her remaining breath from her body. The casualty could not believe what had just happened. He ran to the edge of the road and looked over the side. To his horror he could see the nurse lying motionless at the bottom of the slope, her vacant eyes staring straight at him. He had seen this stare of death before in the trenches and he knew she was dead he let out a cry of anguish as he had never intended to harm the nurse who he loved deeply he was only on the road to make one last entreaty to the nurse to marry him He collapsed into a heap sobbing uncontrollably soon others arrived at the scene they had heard the awful pain neighing of the horse echoing around the valley they could not believe the tragic scene that greeted them everyone was deeply upset there was nothing left for them to do other than gather up the broken body of the nurse into their arms and lay her to rest in peace however As we all know, she was never to rest, and her poor mortal spirit is seen wandering along the old avenue above the archery range. She takes the same path every time heading to the main gate, but disappearing before she can pass through. She is suffering from an eternal, unrequited love, and is destined to haunt the road in her quest to get her fiancé wed wedding. She means no harm, so if you happen to pass her as you wander the side at night, wish her well and walk on by. The End So... Larch Hills Road is now different to what it was, but you would come up in the main gate and you'd go straight uphill, take a right, and then meet the existing road that ran between the Melvin and it runs between the Melvin and the Training Field. So the the horse trip, or where she fell, mm. is all is a downhill slope. So if you know if you've ever driven in, mm. everything to your left is all uphill with trees and slope. Oh yeah. So if you fell down that on your own, never mind with a horse falling on top of you. That's so
0: so sad. That's like. That's a proper ghost story. Mm -hmm. That's like, that is so sad. That's heartbreaking. Because on one hand, like I know mental illness at the time during the war was probably not treated in any way, shape or form like it is now. So I kind of feel really bad for the casualty. But then at the same time, that always happened. Always, always happened. All these men would fall in love with their nurses because they would mistake them doing their job and caring for someone that was under their care. And they would just completely mistake that for love. And like, she's clearly besotted. Now, I know from the day we got married, all I kept thinking was, J- just hope he gets here okay. And we lived like so close to the hotel, but immediately I was like, so many accidents happen less than two kilometres away from your home. So I-, I get it. She was on the way and she was super excited. And all she kept thinking was, How I was totally ahead.
1: safe getting to the wedding. Gary, Gary put me in the boot of his car <laughs> and Is drove it? me down. Oh, I my- know he was nice too. He cleaned the boot so I wouldn't get any dirt on, on my suit. <laughs>
0: oh my god that's so sad like that's a proper ghost story but it's like it's it's kind of like they're the kind of I don't want to say ghosts because that that seems weird but she would be the kind of spirit that if I did happen to see it I don't think she would come across as malevolent anyway because you don't die with that much love in your heart and not still be a lovely person or like all she wants to do is go and find them. And all she wants to do is get married and have her day. And I just think it like, why was nobody with her with the horse? Like, like if she wasn't used to horses, why wasn't somebody walking beside her? Like, why wasn't her dad giving her away? I'm blaming everybody except for the people that should be to blame. Because I don't know who to blame. I don't know.
1: It's, it's just a tradition that you have these... Weird and wonderful methods of getting to the church. Like, I've heard of people sitting in the buckets of tractors being driven to the church. And that they're... kind of
0: sounds pretty epic,
1: though, to be fair. Uh, like, yeah. if
0: you're a farmer's wife or a wife to be, or you grew up on a farm, like, that's that's just that makes sense to me. All I did was walk down the stairs. But in fairness, I had a 16 foot veil. So, that in yes, itself.
1: We had a conversation about that.
0: <laughs> Stephen, I told you this already. You get to wear a veil twice. Sorry. Yes, you gave out to me for this. Women get to wear a veil twice in their life once for their communion and once for their wedding and i didn't get one for my communion so i was making a annoying yeah i didn't get to wear a veil for our wedding either i never said you couldn't wear a veil for the wedding anyway that sounded really that sounded really lovely like she was she was ready to get married that woman like so many women are just kind of like oh what am i doing i'm getting cold feet But she was just kind of like if this horse could walk faster and safely that would be great God, it does sound like he have. tried to
1: do what I tried to do. That time I hurt my feet and jump out from behind a tree yes. and stop the woman on the heart where I mm-hmm. tried to just jump out behind a tree. Scare the pajamas out of a bunch of kids. I, I was going to say startle some young <laughs> <ghost>. um, <laughs> and Because we were we took a night walk and we took, so I've shown Annette here, but we took from the house and we walked down this trail yeah, and all the way down and we were telling ghost stories to the kids all the way down from, from the house yeah. all the way down the path the entrance road to the main gate and back up so when we got back up here i scurried up this way so this little back square here is actually it's called the ice house and it's an old you know the old school
0: is that the one that you said is practically underground yeah this one in massey's manor
1: it's very similar but yeah. this it's a similar concept this one is a big one this you can get into this and it looks would resemble a large eskimo hut but made out of concrete yeah, yeah, yeah. so the first tunnel bit is normal height then you'd crawl into, it, but the rest of it then drops down and you can fully stand up in it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, but the idea was the coal would go down on the one side and keep all your stuff cold. But there's a footpath and it led up to the next path. So I, I scurried up this when the kids walked past and climbed up into some trees. Just what above is wrong that. with you? Ah, I was young and silly. But uh, yeah, so I jumped off that off one of the, out from behind one of the trees and landed on the road. And ended up in a getting my ankle x right.
0: And I like you. But even I'm kind of like, you kind of got what you deserved.
1: <laughs> I got a day off work.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's mad. That's crazy. Right. And it's so detailed. Like, I, I, again, I'm really, really grateful that we got this story in. Because it's, again, something that I wouldn't have been able to. I mean, I probably could have.
1: These stories from Damien, I think are probably stories that were word of mouth passed on to the sitting best. around the campfires. And, you know, they may or may not have changed over the years, but there's still a, a, some level of authenticity
0: yeah.
1: and realism in, about them now.
0: But you do embellish ever so slightly when you're trying to describe a bride on the on the morning of her wedding. Like, you could literally just say, yes, yeah, she got ready and she left the house. But you do kind of have to embellish a little bit to really tell a story. So those kind of passed over a campfire story. That's why every time I do it, well. I suppose I haven't had to do it in a while because we knew about the Banshee. But that's why every time I do a story, I ask you, do you have any campfire stories? And it's not just because you're a scout leader and I think you might. It's because those are the ones that spook me the most. Because they're ones that came from someone that came from someone. And this is why I say, if you have a ghost story from your granny, it's probably, probably true. Because grannies don't lie. But those were those the mouth stories of the campfire. They're the scariest. I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that was a nice quick short one for for the bonus round.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I really hope we get some more stories like that in, though, because they're nice short episodes. And no, do you know why I like these stories? Because they scare the bajajists out of me. Because by the time I read a story to you, I've read several articles and I've probably watched a documentary or two. I watch a couple of YouTube videos. So, So for me, I kind of feel a little desensitized to it. And my main objective isn't to because I've already enjoyed it, it's not to enjoy the scary story, it's to tell the story the way I kind of heard it, or or the way I would like to be told, and to scare the bajajers out of you, but I have yet to find one that is scary, because I was so compassionate towards the Banshee, the one thing that I thought would scare you, I kind of told the story from a real, pers- like a perspective of, ah God lover, she's very misunderstood, so I've yet to find one that's going to scare you. The John Taylor one scared me. That freaked me out. But I, I, I think it's a given now. Anything with fog in it is going to freak me out. Um, and this one here kind of tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. Oh, I would mentioned as well, though, with the soldier. That survivor's guilt would have been awful. Everyone oh, that yeah. was around him had died. And then he's buried under the His guys friends. that he trained with, the guys that he went into to war with. Like, I don't think. Oh, no. Nope. That's the only note Once that I have there,
1: really. There is no winners in this ghost story.
0: No, God love him. Because he sounded like he had enough injuries that when he collapsed on the floor, on the ground crying that he probably died. I don't think that was a, a good story for anybody or a good day for anybody. Do you have anything else? Nope. we finish off there. Eggs a jingle. No, not eggs a jingle. I have to do the rest of the stuff otherwise we get no story. Do, it, do it now. Perfect. So we'll leave it there. Um, thank you so much for listening to again another short episode and thank you again for Damien. Uh, send no to listen to those stories. Former warden of Yep. Uh, so if you have any stories of your own that you would like for us to read out, you can email us on what's a story ghost at gmail.com And if you have any recommendations or any suggestions for stories you would like us to cover, you can DM us on our Instagram page what's the story ghost. And we will leave it there and see you next time. The jingle that's Countdown. Now you're just Robin's up. No, I didn't
1: do Countdown. Yeah. I purposely almost did Countdown. I went, <laughs> no, I'm not going to play this. Okay,
0: bye. Bye.